Pasha Vashalach, we have the Shira of Yasha Moshe. I want to focus on a particular Pasuk in the Shira. Aziv Zimra has covered Eilu Yeshua. Zakeli Vanveyu. This is my God. Vanveyu. We'll see what the word means in a moment. Elo Ke Avi Varomimenu. You are my God. So Rashi says on this pasuk, "Ve'anveyu." So Uncle is tirgim lashen nove, nove shanim. Rashi learns "ve'anveyu" is language of nove, which is like a dwelling, nove shanim. The Vracha Rashi says "ve'anveyu lashen noy, lashen of beauty." I will speak about the beauty and the praise to those in the world. So Rashi has two different ideas, which I want to try to connect them, in what the idea of va'anveyu is. You are my God, va'anveyu, either I will build from a place, which obviously is referring to the Mishkan, or zakele va'anveyu, lashon of noi. Now just to explain this idea of noi, Chazal learned from this Pasuk, this is the source in the Torah, for the idea of hidr mitzvah, of beautifying a mitzvah. As Rashi says, of beauty. The Gemara says from here learn out that a person should have in all their mitzvahs and do it in the most beautiful of ways in the most extra special how we treat it. Seem to be very two different ideas in Rashi. One idea focusing on Vanveyu, on the building of a Mishkan. And the second idea focusing on the Noya and the beauty of the mitzvahs and the performance of mitzvahs. So on it, she as follows. The idea of hidder mitzvah, of doing mitzvahs in a beautiful way, as far as I'm talking about, is obviously doing things above and beyond what's necessary, what's required. There's the basics, there's the minimal requirements for any mitzvah. Hidder mitzvah is doing it in a beautiful way. A person can always suffice with the basics, whether it's terms of the quality. Hidder mitzvah is going above what's required, beyond what's necessary. And somehow that's connected to the idea of the Mishkan, doing things in a step beyond, and a step beyond what's necessary. So why is it that doing mitzvahs in a more beautiful way, above and beyond, has the idea of anveyu? Which, as the pasuk ends off, like this is the way of exalting Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It seems to be that there's a particular focus in this pasuk that doing things beyond what's required, above and beyond, that gives a particular exaltation, a particular praise to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What is what is it about that that's this praise? And really, every mitzvah, and every time we're involved in a mitzvah, there's a praise to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. There's a Connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu. It seems to be there's a particular focus when something is beyond what's required and doing it in a more qualitative way, in a more special way. So I think the idea is as follows. One of the mitzvahs which is unusual in the way it structures mitzvah tzitzis. 
Tzitzis is a very... On one hand, the Gemara says that Shkula Tzitzis connected to Kola Torah. At some level, Tzitzis corresponds to the entire Torah. And so it's equal or it's, it has the Hashivas of the, the entire Torah, which itself is, needs to be understood. And on the other hand, Tzitzis is a mitzvah, which is a voluntary mitzvah. It means no, no one's required to wear Tzitzis. If someone has a four-cornered garment, they put Tzitzis on, which is very unusual. That if it's something which is so important and so chashev and so special, and it seems to the Gemara says, called the shkula connected kala mitzvos is on some way level to all the other mitzvos. So why is it something which is only voluntary? Why is it something only which is not required? It's interesting. In Svarim, it's brought down that the corresponding mitzvah for women to sitzis is the mitzvah of the way they dress. And we'll see why it's very connected. They're actually, in their source, they're very much connected. They go hand in hand. So what is the idea behind that? So the idea, far I'm explaining, the idea of tzitzis is very much a representation of the person. Dress is very much our identity, how we identify ourselves, who we are, what we stand for. And tzitzis, which really is the one item, particularly for a man, that's something which is an identity, a uniform, really describes what this person stands for, which is why that in the tzitzis themselves, there's a remez, there's a hint to the entire mitzvot, that there's tzitzis themselves, plus the strings and the, and the knots equals 613. So there's an idea of representation of the mitzvot, and the point, the Pasuk says, Hashem, person will see the tzitzis, and through that, remember all the mitzvot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Because tzitzis is supposed to be an identity of what this person stands for, who they are. Because that's what dress does. Dress gives the, the ability to give an identity of a person. When a person is required from a mitzvah or halachic perspective to do something, it's hard to say that it really gives an identity to a person. Because if I'm forced to wear something, if I'm forced to have something, it doesn't really define the person. This is what a person is required to do. Right? For example, a person goes to the army. So it's true, right? They're wearing a uniform, which represents that they're in the army, represents that they're, that they're part of the army. But it doesn't identify something which I personally am connected to more than anyone. My soldier next to me, and the person, every other soldier. So every soldier has the same uniform. And when they have a medal on the uniform, they have a purple heart, they have a particular... That shows something which is themselves, which they earned, which they identify with in a personal way. And what really identifies who this person is as an individual is not just the thing which is like everyone else, but the thing which they made for themselves in a personal way. Their medal, their something which is unique to them, something which is special to them. Something they chose, something which really became as a result of their own actions as opposed to just what everyone else is doing. And that's true really in every uniform. If something was, someone's compelled to wear, someone's required to wear, it doesn't really show anything about who this person is more than just part of the herd of whoever, whoever they're part of. So a person's a policeman, so they wear police uniforms, so no different, nothing separates them from any other officer, except perhaps if they had some particular thing which is unique to them, which they chose to do, which they... And so too in the idea of tzitzis, is the Chazal telling us, the Torah is telling us that when a person chooses to wear tzitzis, that really gives them the ultimate identity of who they are, what they stand for, what they represent, and who they 
want to identify with and what they're all about. And that's why particularly the mitzvah of tzitzis is given in this unusual way. It's given as a mitzvah, which is not required. The person is not required to do it. But they make the choice of doing so because that's how I want to identify myself. That's how I choose to identify myself, which, which is a much greater level of identification more than if I'm required to do so. And that very much relates to the idea of dress for women is that much of it, much of it in terms of there are aspects which are required, and there are aspects which are halacha, and then there are aspects which are beyond that, which are much more in the spirit of the halacha, and the spirit of what the what Torah and Chazal wanted. And the reason why there's, there's so much in the spirit, particularly, even though there's much also in the halacha, is because very much the identity of who the person, really how they want to see themselves, can very much be seen through how a person does it, chooses themselves, above and beyond what's really required, above and beyond what really is the basic requirements. And there are reasons for the basic requirements, and the reasons for the above and beyond as well. And that's, again, the identity of a person is much, is much more connected to the parts which they choose, the parts which they be- become themselves, more than just what's, what's required. And I think this goes back to the idea of hidden mitzvah as well, beautifying any mitzvah. And the part and parcel of the mitzvah, which comes from me and my personal connection to it, to what I add to it, which is not required, which is going above and beyond the halacha, which is beautifying the mitzvah, anything which really is the identity of the person themselves, that's really the connection, that, that's really where the praise that Kodesh Baruch Hu is in a very, very different way than what's required. So yes, we have the basics. We have the tarik mitzvahs which are required. Same way we have many aspects that are required as far as Allah. And then there's the hider, that's doing things in the above and beyond what's required. Where a person puts themselves into the picture of what I choose to do, where I choose to do it. And that aspect is really the greatest glory to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, The greatest connection that comes as a result of the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I think a, a, a similar marshal to this is the difference between a child and an adult. You know, as, as children, so we growing up, we grew up as young children, we pretty much did what we were supposed to do, hopefully, pretty much so. Right? Parents says do X, we do X. Parents says do Y, we do Y. And then as a child grows older, they start coming to the stage of self-identity. Right? Somewhere in adolescence, teenager, right? there comes the idea of self-identity, where a person now has to make choices, and all of a sudden they have the freedom. They don't really have the freedom, but they do have the freedom, because now they can choose. They're not just doing what a parent said to do. They're choosing now. I'll do what I want to do. I'll act as I want to act. And as a person goes older and more independent, it's very much becomes a choice. And so we often think, you know, particularly when it comes to a, a child, so the Child is following what the parents does. That's the epitome, and of course we know that's not right. That's parent. That child is just doing what the parents told them to do. As a child goes older, and they become to this to the point where they can actually choose, that's really the ultimate test of who the person is, what they're all about, and particularly when a child leaves their parents' home and goes above where they're making choices and they're they're making decisions which is obviously totally within the realm of the child to make those decisions at that point. And that's really where it becomes clear 
who this person really is, what they're all about. And that's why Bechira, the idea of free will, is something which is so inherent in everything that we do. Akash Baruch who created a system where everything is about Bechira. We need to have Bechira so fundamental to, to Yiddishkeit. Without Bechira, we're robots. We're robots. Right? The, the, the Svarim, the way the, the way the way the the way the many Rishonim understand the hardening of Paro's heart is that Kashbaruch hardened his heart. And many older Rishonim ask, how does Kashbaruch harden Paro's heart again and again and again and again and again? And many Rishonim understand is that Kashbaruch just went to even the playing field. Meaning that after seeing Nais, after Nais, after Nais, miracle after miracle after miracle, and seeing everything that Kashbaruch was doing, of course Paro is going to follow the will of a Baruch Hu. And there's no Bechira anymore, because how could one not follow the will of a Kodesh Baruch Hu at that point? And Kodesh Baruch Hu had to do something, had to create things which still allow Bechira to take place. And that hardening of Paro's heart is along the lines of giving back Paro the ability to choose and make even the playing field. Because without Bechira, a person's a robot and just doing things, and that can come even by seeing Open, open miracles. A person can become so taken by what they're seeing. Now, of course, they're going to follow the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not interested or doesn't want, doesn't, doesn't, not, doesn't want to have robots that follow and do. And there's no connection that comes through a robotic connection to Kaddish Baruch Hu, which just follows what a person doing because they have to do it. And so, too, in, in every area, there's, there's multiple levels of this. We have Bechirin what we want to do, and choose every mitzvah has Bechira, we could choose or choose not to, and there's a higher level of Bechira, which things which are above and beyond what's required, above and beyond what's necessary. That's even a higher level of Bechira, because the other person has it, Akash Baruch gives the person the choice, you're not required to do it, you don't have to do it, you can choose to do as you wish, or not choose to do as you wish. And that's really Bechira on a higher level, where a person is given, even, by, even within the realm of Torah mitzvahs, to make choices and make decisions. And the greatest connection to Kadesh Baruch Hu comes really in that realm, which is incredible because the required realm brings some level. Again, there's, there's a Bechir in that level as well. We're, we're choosing as adults, certainly, what we want to do, what we don't want to do. And then there's a higher level of Bechir, which comes when a person makes a decision, something which is not required to do, and that's really somewhat the idea of the self-identity. And I think this very much connects to the other Pshat that Rashi brings down. Zakhili Veyu. This is my God, and I will build a Mishkan for him. And the Rishonim will struggle with, the Rishonim will struggle with, what does Mishkan have to do with this point of, of Kriya Samsev? Where is it coming from? Why is the Mishkan being brought in over here? And the Rishonim quote the famous Ramban. Right? The Ramban says in the Pasuk in Shia Shirim that Shalom Melech says a number of times in Shia Shirim that the Ava Ad Shetechbat, the language of the Pasuk, that the love of Kodesh Baruch Hu has to reach the level of a Chayfetz. Chayfetz is something which is tangible. It means there's love of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, which is an emotion, which is a feeling. Techbat is the idea of pulling, putting it into something tangible, something which is real. And the Rabban says that every time a person has an arousal of feeling of connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu, a feeling of love to Kodesh Baruch Hu, the more that one can make it concrete and bring it into something real, the more that it's going to be lasting, long-lasting and be able to stay. When just an emotion, a person is inspired, a person has something which is a feeling, which is an emotion, without making it to something which is tangible, it often 
doesn't stay, doesn't last. That's what Ramban says in that, in that Pasuk. Unfortunately, we explain the same idea over here in Rashi, in, in Targum. The Kalayasol at this moment, crossing Kriyas Yamsov, singing the Shira, there was an incredible feeling of connection to Kadesh Baruch Hu, through the appreciation of the Nase and what took place and how Kalayasol appreciated it. But there was a desire to make it into something which is tangible, something which is going to be remain, something which they can be able to hold on to. And Targum saying at this moment, Israel and Kalayus were committed on their own, on their own desire to want to build a Mishkan, to want to build something which will be a place for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, we can rest His presence, we can have a really a tangible connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is the first mention of the Mishkan in the Torah, is not from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Later on in Pastor's Truma, we'll get to the idea of building the Mishkan, it seems to me that it came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, the Kholi Truma built me a Mishkan. Farshim explained that Targum is telling us that was really a reflection of, of Klayosor's desire. When Klayosor says, Zekeli van Veyu, this is my God who I'll glorify him, I'll build from a Mishkan, is Klayosor had the desire to make it something which is going to be tangible and be able to connect HaKadosh Baruch in a much more real way and hold on to that inspiration, to the feelings they had during Kriyas Yamsov. And as a result of that, Kosh Baruch Hu said, if that's what you're looking for, so we're going to go and build a Mishkan, and Kosh Baruch Hu said, how to build a Mishkan. The crux of the Mishkan is really about Hidr Mitzvah. It's about doing things in the most beautiful, special way, right? The Beis Hamikdash obviously, is, 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 a, is a similar idea. The gold and the silver and the different materials, etc., was all done in an extreme, extreme way of display of doing things above and beyond, right? You could have a structure, they can have a mishkan, they can have it in a way which is done, which is above and beyond in a, in a beautiful materialistic way that really expresses the love and that with connection that's being expressed through the mishkan. And that go, goes back to this idea is that Kalayusol wanted to not just have a place where Kalayusol Baruch Hu dwells, they wanted to have a place that expresses that feeling, that idea of we want to do things in the most beautiful way possible. Not what's required. This comes from our own desire to connect to Kodesh Baruch in the most beautiful way possible, in the most real way possible, in the strongest way possible. And that's going to come from doing things in not what's required, above and beyond, and doing things in the most beautiful way possible, which can, is part of that decision that Klayosor reached and, and got to when they reached this point of, of Hidr Mitzvah and doing things about in the most beautiful way. And these two, I think, two, the two ideas become really fused into one, that the idea of Hidr Mitzvah, Kodesh Baruch was telling us, goes hand in hand with the expression of when a person wants to really have that ability to feel that connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's all about doing things in a beautiful way, which is not required, which is above and beyond what the halacha requires or is the basic requirement as part of who we are. It's about identity, it's about how we want to relate to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and wanting to do things in a way which is beyond certainly what's required. That really is the identity of Kalal Yisrael. And that's what the Beis Hamidrash really represents. That's what the Mishkan represented. The Beis Hamidrash represented that. And really the connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu in a tangible way, but in, in a tangible way which which a, which a manifestation of this concept of doing things in the most beautiful way possible because that's what a relationship is based on. It's not just based on doing the basics, it's based on doing things in the most special, most beautiful way. A person wants to give a present, they can give a present, they give the item, 
and they can dress it up, and they can wrap it, and they put a bow in it, and they can... Right? That's all about the beautification of the relationship. A person has a connection to someone. They want to share something with them. They want to do it in a way which can really show what, what the relationship is all about. And that's really what the Mishkan, Mishmidish, represents, and the identity of Klai represents, is that desire to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, certainly when it's something which is coming from our own feelings, and wanting to make those feelings in the most concrete way possible. We should be zochah to have this appreciation of the identity of who we are, which comes from this concept, and it comes from an understanding of how we want that relationship to manifest itself and to express itself in ways which really give credence to this concept of doing things in a way which beautify the relationship, which express the relationship, and make it something which is very, very tangible and real. Oh, you wish I